I do that often. I'm not perfect, and I know that. I'm, I'm thankful that I can admit those things today, but uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Let's keep our pastor in prayer. He's ministering in uh, Puyallup today, I believe, and uh, we want to cover him in prayer because I believe that God's going to use him in a mighty way. I believe the Lord's going to use uh, Elder Johnstone here today in a mighty way, and I'd ask that we'd be open. Our spirit would be open. Our, 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 our mind would be open for God to pour into us. Because that's what he desires to do. He wants to pour into us so that we can begin to pour out. But we got to be open so that we can be poured into. So let's, let's, let's seek that this morning. I'd like to dismiss the children ages 4 to 11 to their classrooms. You can be seated if you'd like. I'm going to invite Elder Johnstone up this morning. I appreciate Elder Johnstone and his ministry. God bless you in Jesus' name. Could we just worship the Lord one more time? We never worship him too much. We can give him more praise and more glory and more honor. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we worship you this morning. We thank you this morning, Lord, for all, for all that you're about to do in this house this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. I really believe that the Lord wants to deliver today. There's a flow of the Holy Ghost that starts in a prayer room, comes through a song service into the ministry of the word. I believe God's been preparing us for some things that he wants to do in your life. Do you realize today for you to receive a miracle, God needs your help? Because somewhere you've got to yield to God when he's trying to work in your life. You have to allow the working of his spirit, whether it's deliverance, whether it's a healing, whether it's receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have your part in the miracle. Go back and look in the Bible, and you'll find out that God did not do miracles just simply on his own. He always got people involved in the process. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, laid in there four days, what did he tell somebody? Hey, you roll the stone away. Yeah, I could speak and the stone would just move, but I want somebody's faith to get involved in what I'm about to do. And God is trying to engage your faith this morning that you would let God have his way. I believe that God is going to go after some things today that you have held on to for a long time. I believe he's going to go after things today that you don't want anybody to know. But God saw it. He didn't endorse it. There are bad people in the world. There are people that do mean and hateful things to other people. But I thank God that he's a healer. I thank God he's a deliverer. I thank God he's going to bring me through this. Life is not fair. Life is difficult, as you heard this morning. But I thank God that he's stronger than any and everything that you and I are going to face. What he's going to take me through is going to make me a better Christian. I'm going to have a greater love for God and a greater desire for the things of God. But what I want to go after this morning, I feel in the Holy Ghost, is things that are hindering you from really receiving what God has got for your life. I do not doubt your love for God for one minute. It's not about that. In fact, I'm not even believing that you're in sin right now. I'm not talking about that. I'm going after your emotions today. I'm going after the inner person. I'm going after the things that have been bruised and hurt and wounded. And, and somehow we put a face on it. And, and we come to church and we kind of pretend everything's okay. But it really isn't okay. Because when I walk out of here, that devil popped up on my shoulder and said, See, I didn't, it didn't work, did it? No, it didn't work because I didn't let go of it. It didn't work because I didn't let let him do his work. He was here to work in my life. I believe that everybody could be healed today. I believe everybody could be delivered that needs delivered today. But you and I got a part in this if we want him to work. When we deal with healing, there's two types of healing that he speaks of in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. 
He talks about healing where people you and I see with somebody cut themselves or got cut or in a car accident. We see the openness of that wound, don't we? But he also said he, he would heal those that were bruised. Bruising is what is on the inside. Now, I might see some black and blue, but it really it's inward where the pain is at and where the hurt is at. And once the blue and the yellow and the black all kind of go away, the hurt didn't go away, the pain didn't go away, the agony didn't go away, and the nightmares didn't go away. Somebody's battling nightmares today because the pain is that great and the memory's that horrible. But there's deliverance today. You can walk out of here without another nightmare, without any more torment in your life. Because the scripture gives hope where there is no hope. Come on. You know, the world wants us to believe that, that this is how it is and it's always going to be this way. But I'm going to put my faith in the word of God. If God said I can be healed, I can be healed. If God said he still delivers today, I can still be delivered. Come on, whatever I need. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can get the Holy Ghost today. Don't let these things hinder you. Let's begin. I'm actually going to go to Acts chapter 28. We're coming to the end of Paul's ministry here, and, and I want to lay a little bit of a foundation as we get rolling here. Now, I'm going to take uh, what I'm going to call a spiritual application of something that happened about 2,000 years ago, and I'm going to bring it into today because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did back then, he's still going to do today. You have to understand that's where our faith comes. God, you gave me a principle. I see it. I claim it, I receive it. Romans 10 and 17 said, faith cometh by hearing. I want to encourage somebody, you better reach out and grab it today. Faith is going to come by you today. Your miracle is going to come by you today. But faith cometh by hearing. And when I hear it, I believe it, I receive it. This is for me today. Now, I can let it pass by. Isn't it interesting so many times when Jesus would put the disciples in a boat and tell them to cross the lake? The Bible said when the storm arose, he would have passed them by. What's the principle? When they cried out, God stopped and worked. If faith is coming by your way, it, don't let it just come by. Well, next Sunday, maybe next week, maybe next month. No, 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 no. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day that you're free. Today is a day that everything changes in your life. Let's begin in verse 1 of chapter 28. I'm going to lay a little bit of a foundation if you let me. We're going to have to look at chapter 27 for a moment, okay? Uh, remember, the Bible was written in its original in a book form. There wasn't a chapter and verse. So we have to realize chapter 27 is really a part of the beginning of chapter 28. We haven't changed the subject. We're still dealing with the storm, the ship that was broken up, and all of that, okay? Okay. Uh, just to paint a little picture here in chapter 27, verse 20, and I'm going to jump through some things quickly. We'll get to chapter 28. And when there was neither sun nor stars, many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. I'm here to tell you, he's going to take away the dark days. Come on, where the sun hasn't shined in your spirit, and the sun hasn't shined on your life, today's going to be a new day. Come on, they experienced the tempest and the darkness, and they couldn't see. It was a difficult time. They went day and night in the dark. Could you imagine days of darkness? No light coming. I'm just telling you, I, I would have never booked a cruise on this ship. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. And so Paul is there. And Paul is encouraging them. And he's telling me, we need, you went 14 days and nights without food. You need to eat. You need to get your strength. I thank God for a man of God in my life. I thank God for my pastor today. Thank God for his teaching and his preaching. you got to have a preacher in your life. you got to have that man of God in your life. He helps you. He leads you. He guides you. He gives the direction that we need to serve God. And then also be in ministry with God. 
So we have all this craziness that's taking place. Then the ship actually goes into a place and, and, uh, and is lodged there. And, and the ocean comes and, and, and rips that ship apart. And, and I don't know how far they were from land, but there was 276 men on that boat, they said. And, and Paul said not one man's life would be lost. Now, it looked hopeless. And the Bible said some floated on boards and some, some swam, but somehow they, they got to shore. And as Paul had said, all 276 were saved that day. I'm here to tell you whether I'm going to ride in on a broken board or whatever I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to find Jesus. I'm going to come out of that storm and I'm going to be where God wants me to be. So here we have all of this. What is interesting in, in some of this is where it talks about where, where two ways met. Two always brings you to decision. The number two always is going to bring you to decision where two ways meet. You're going to have to make a decision today. Whether you're going to respond to the word of God, whether I'm going to work with God in this miracle, or what's going to happen today. It's where two ways met. Every time you go to an intersection, you got to figure it out. Am I going to go the broad way or the narrow way? So two is a place of decision today. And you and I are going to have to make a decision. But I like what Joshua said. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to let God have his way in my life today. So let's begin in chapter 28. I apologize to the guys back there. We're jumping all over. But if you're not familiar with it, I just want you to understand the story so that when we get to this, it makes more sense to you of what's taking place. And when they were escaped, they knew that the island was called Melita. The island was called Melita. Melita means refuge. A refuge from the storm. Thank God that he's a refuge from the storm. Come on, there are the storms of life that are going to come your way. But God's going to take you to a Melita. God's going to take you to a place. I can calm the storms. I can take care of it. I've always been interested, and I'm not a deep sea fisherman. I don't even really care for the ocean that much. I've been out there, and I've had my bad days out there. I fed a lot of fish. took some years before I went back. My son Nick said, I want to try that. I brought in a guest speaker. I'm prepared. I was sick three days. They told me when you got back to, when we started going across the bar back to the dock, you'll be okay. They lied to me. They said, when you get on the, the dock, you're going to be okay. They lied to me. And they said, if you just get a little bit to eat, you'll be okay. No, I wasn't. Three days later, I'm still seasick. And my son said, let's go deep sea fishing. And we did, and God was merciful, merciful, merciful. I bring this up because of this. When the disciples were in the boat, and the storm was there, and Jesus come walking on the sea. When Jesus said to the storm, be calm. Peace, be still. Do you realize that in that day and still today, nobody controls that ocean, do they? Even the winds and the sea obey him. I don't care how big your storm is. Even the winds and the sea will obey him this morning. If we'll yield ourselves to God, if we'll, no, but I, I know you can say, you don't know what I've been through, but he does. And he can calm the sea. He can bring peace to your life. He can say, peace, be still. You're going to have joy you've never had before. Peace you've always wished you could have because of Melita. God knew where he was taking the Apostle Paul. God knows where he's taking you. And you may say, but preacher, why has he waited so long? Oh, God hasn't waited on him. He's waited on you. You haven't been willing to let go up to this point. You haven't been willing to let him into this area of your life until this point. That's why it's different for everybody. Some people can open up very quickly to God and let him come in and bring inner healing into my spirit and in, in the wounded places of my life and bring healing. You know why we have scars in life? To remind us of what God healed us of. Every scar, every wound you've got, 
that you've allowed God to heal is a testimony of his grace and mercy and gives you the ability to testify and witness to somebody else about God's grace and mercy and healing. If he brought me out, he's going to bring you out. If he does this for me, he's going to do this for you. Come on, somebody let your faith release out to God that today things are going to be different in your life. Verse 2 said, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. That word barbarous, they weren't cavemen. That word barbarous there simply means they didn't speak Greek or they didn't take on Greek culture. Okay? So these were civilized people. These weren't just, if you're not careful, you'll think of that this, what they're, but that's not what it was. And so we begin to realize that God is doing something powerful here. Now, he goes on to say, for they kindled a fire and received us, every one, because of the present rain and because of the cold. So when they seen men coming in on boards, you know, not surfing, just floating in on boards, and, and they seen people swimming in and everything, notice what they did. Oh, that ocean's cold, and they built a fire. They were, they were polite. They were courteous. They were kind. They greeted us, and they, they welcomed us. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. There are things that have come out of life, hurts and pains, and they have fastened to your life. You are hanging on to things that God does not want you to hang on to any longer. We see here that pain can attach itself to us. Hurt can attach itself to us. Rejection can attach itself to us. Emotional damage can attach itself to us. Now, you have a choice because we're at a crossroads right now. You can either keep it or get rid of it. That's where you're at. You're, you're at a crossroads right now. This is where Paul was. Now, Paul helps us here and shows us some things. Uh, you may be here bound by addiction. But I'm here to tell you, even in the addiction, you can shake it off and let God bring deliverance. I have seen God deliver people of urge, of crave, and desire. They didn't need an AA meeting. They didn't need an NA meeting. They needed the power and presence of God to bring the deliverance into their life. Please understand, even in deliverance, there's some things people still have to work through. That pain, that rejection. You and I do not do drugs and alcohol because we just want to get high. Now, we may tell people that and we want to get a buzz and we, we, we sell it, but we don't. You know what we're doing? We're saying, I'm going to try to try to numb this pain. I'm going to try to numb this experience that I can't get out of my mind. That one I have nightmares at all the time, and I'm sick of the nightmares, so I'll, I'll drink myself to sleep. I'll, I'll use, and, and I'll do everything I can to, to find some few moments of peace or tranquility they feel in their mind. When God said, let me just deliver you of that. Let me just take that out of your life. Let me help you with that. Not only will that come, even when God delivers, you got things that you got to change. I, I remember a man in particular. He, he was a hardcore drug addict, and, and we had won him to the Lord, and he's baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. He's ushering. He, he's serving God. And, and I remember he came to me on a Monday night, and he said, Pastor, we went down to see my dad, and, and uh, I took my whole paycheck, and we stopped mate four times on the way while eating out in restaurants ain't cheap, especially if you do it four times in one day. And so what happened was over the course of the weekend, he spent all his money. Now, he's got to go to work Monday morning, but he ain't got no money for lunch. He ain't got no money for gas. You know what I told him? I said, that's the old man. That's how the alcoholic lived. You didn't care about what you needed to be prepared for or save money back because you had to work and you needed lunch money and you needed that. See, I'm here to tell you we're a work in progress. Not everything is going to change overnight in your life. God's going to take you one day at a time, one step at a time. You're going to overcome different things in your life. Today is just another crossroad to give up something else that I've been harboring or holding on to and not letting go of and say, God, I'm ready to take the next step. I'm ready to get closer to you. I'm ready to feel even greater love than I felt before. So God, here I am. 
Paul didn't let that thing stay fastened to his hand. Notice what verse 5 said. And he shook off the beast. Come on, somebody needs to shake it off. That thing's attached to me. We need to be like the apostle Paul. It may have reached out and grabbed me. The hurt, the pain, the rejection, the setbacks, the disappointment, the broken relationship. But I'm here to tell somebody today, you got to get involved in the miracle. And you're part of the miracle. You got to shake it off. Come on, you got to say, God, I want you more than I want this. I want to feel your love more than I want to experience this. And God said, I'm just waiting on you. If you believe and you're ready for your miracle, then you got to help me by letting me know you want rid of it. God will not put you in a headlock this morning and say, you're going to give this up or I'm going to put so much pressure on you, you got to. He don't work that way. He wants me to freely come to that place and say, Lord, I cannot handle this anymore. I cannot deal with this anymore. But God, if you'll help me today, if you'll touch me today, and I'm ready to shake that thing loose. God, I'm ready to move forward with my life. And so it, it is amazing. Let me just give you the de definition of shaking it off, if you would. An act or instance of getting rid of what is unpleasant. I'm shaking off what's giving me the nightmares. I'm shaking off what keeps me up at night. I'm shaking off which what I use to drink and use drugs and ruin my life. I'm ready. I got to shake it off. It's unpleasant. I don't want to experience it no more. Torment is horrible. And the devil loves to see you tormented. That's not God's plan. That's not God's plan. But he needs your help this morning. God, I don't want this anymore. And the apostle Paul showed me what to do. He just didn't focus on it. You know what he did? He just shook that thing off. You're not putting that poison in me. I'm not letting that bitterness get in my spirit. Come on, I'm not letting that hate get into my life. Come on, I'm going to shake that thing off. Yeah, you meant it for bad. You wanted it to destroy me. Yeah, you thought I'd never live for God if I made fun of you and I teased you and I ridiculed you. But I'm going to shake it off because I know what I got in my walk with God. I got a love relationship. He loves me. It means to move to get over. Have you ever had anybody look at you and said, why don't you just get over it? Your heavenly father's looking at you this morning and he's asking you, would you like to get over it? But you got to shake it off. The miracle will come this morning. Have you ever noticed? Look at everything. If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Bible said in Acts 5 and 32, and God gave the Holy Ghost to them that obeyed him. Please understand, God does not speak in tongues, you do. You have to say the sounds and the syllables that make no sense to you. By faith, then God fills. I'm just trying to help somebody else. God, just do it. And he's going. No, I need a little faith. I need a little cooperation here. You need to show me a little bit of something that you kind of believe, you know, that I can do this and, and we can work with it. See, but our concept, if we're not careful, God will just do it. If he wants me healed, he'll heal me. You have not because you ask not. You didn't ask him to take that. You didn't ask him to heal you in that area. Let me explain something about emotional healing sometimes. God may be dealing with you in an area of your life this morning, and you're telling me, preacher, you're stirring up a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. If I had to go to the hospital this week and have a gallbladder surgery, now I haven't had it, but I'm told it's super painful, super duper painful when that gets inflamed. Now, because that hurts so bad, I need the surgery for healing. I go in the hospital, I check in, they operate on me. Please understand, when I come out of surgery and that anesthesia wears off, folks, there's a little pain. Now, it ain't nothing like it was before I went in. Please understand, there's, there's sometimes a little bit of healing in the recovery of your pain. It gets less and less. But the only reason there's any pain at all is because now I'm dealing with what I've refused to deal with for a long time. 
But please understand, because this is why I'm saying this. Because a lot of times when you go to deal with it and you feel pain, then you just pull back. I ain't dealing with that. No, no, it's a part of the process of being healed. You, You can run, but you can't hide. And the reason God is dealing with this subject this morning is because he wants you to stop running and let him heal it. Okay? Whether you need the Holy Ghost this morning, whether you need a spiritual healing, an emotional healing, a physical healing, whatever it is, we want God to work. Now, the synonym of shake it off means to uh, remove, to get rid of, to loose, to drop, to shake, to cast off, to throw. I'm encouraging somebody this morning, uh, if I was you, I'd just be getting rid of this thing. This thing's been a nightmare in my life. This thing's tormented me day and night. This thing's destroyed relationships. I've got broken marriages because I've never dealt with this. I've carried this into that situation. And because I didn't deal with it, it rose. And we didn't know how to deal with it. So we just parted company. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. You're dealing with something that God wants to heal. 1 Peter 5 and 8. Your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I want you to catch something there. Whom he may devour. Notice this. May I devour you. I know you're discouraged. You're you're really depressed. You're going through something. And the devil can't just attack you and make you do anything. you got to give him permission. May I? Could I? Could I devour you, brother? Man, that coffee, that was terrible. I mean, why would you like just go home? We laugh, but that's the real world. Ladies, don't get mad at me, but I'm sure if some of you spilt enough coffee on your dress on the way into church, you'd have just got back in the car and went right back home. I ain't going in there looking like that. If you had trouble getting here this morning, it's because the devil knew God wants to heal you. And he's going to try to put things in your path to hinder you from receiving what God has got for you. We've got to go forward with this. Amen. Let me give you another example of shaking off. Remember when Jesus sent his disciples out to preach in cities and villages? And he said, when you go into a city to preach, and if they do not receive you, when you walk out of that city, I want you to shake the dust off your feet. You know what he was saying? I want you to shake the rejection off. Because if you carry that rejection with you into the next city, you won't preach like you need to preach. You won't be as bold in the Holy Ghost as you need to do because you'll be so worried about being rejected. See why God's telling you, you got to shake some things off. It's going to affect you. You want to witness, but you won't. You want to pray for somebody. You feel God's anointing on your life, but you hold up because ah. God wants to set you free this morning. Free. Free. So we don't want the rejection hanging around, do we? Now that's up to you and me. What am I going to do with it? How am I going to handle it? This wasn't the first time that the Apostle Paul had dealt with this problem. Of being bitten. Of being troubled. In the Apostle Paul's early life. He thought he was doing God a favor by persecuting Christians. Even had some of them killed. Stephens was stoned to death. When he came to the realization that how he was living his life was wrong, he repented. This is what has to happen. You need to have short-term memory. You know where we get in trouble? We won't let go of it. We beat ourselves up. We'd say, man, now, how could you be, Curtis, you're so stupid. Dear God, how could you do that? And then we'll add a few more verbs into it as we keep going. That was really stupid, stupid, stupid. I mean, that was bad. That's the enemy. Paul had to realize, if I'm going to be the apostles to the Gentiles, I'm going to need a short-term memory. Somewhere you've got to have enough faith that when you get baptized in the name of Jesus, he's washing all of that away. And I'm coming up out of that water in newness of life. So I'm going to bury that bad stuff. I'm going to get rid of whatever's been haunting me and taunting me and bringing nightmares into my life. That's going to stop today in Jesus' name. 
So this is what he had to do. He had to have short-term memory. How about when he was beaten in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, and then thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. A woman named Lydia was baptized in her whole house. What did they do? The Bible said they begin at midnight, begin to sing praises and worship God. See, he didn't let that hang on. See, we could go to a petty party right away. Really, God? I mean, I just baptized this whole family and this guy beat me? Really? I'm trying to serve you and this happened to me? Really? Yeah, really. If you suffer with me, you'll reign with me. Come on, he said, if they hated him, they're going to hate you for his name's sake. So he helped us realize this is a part of the process. But Paul continued to work and and serve God. Let's look at verse 6. How about they looked when he should have swollen and fallen dead or fallen dead suddenly. Notice what happened. He didn't. People say mean things to you. People do mean things to you because they believe it will kill your spirit. Come on. It, it was revelatory to me in this verse that, that what people are hoping, that, uh, that when they cuss you up one side and down the other, when they tell you how bad a person you are, or they do mean things to you, you know what they're hoping? They're hoping it kills your spirit. That They hope that you just stay home and stay in a pity party. I, I, folks, I've worked with people. I worked with a woman that was 32 years old, her, her husband, and two teenage boys. The woman never left her bedroom other than to eat and use the bathroom. Never went into public. The abuse was unreal to her in her childhood. See where the devil wants to isolate you, keep you away from people, and to do all that. Let's, let's not go down that road. Let's let God do something in our life. See, when, that, when the tragic things of her life happened to her, notice what it did. It isolated her. That's what the devil is hoping will happen to you. That when, you, when people are watching, I know what you went through. I, I know what you're dealing with. I've seen your heart ripped out. But when you don't allow that and you shake that off, uh, uh, that's poison, and I don't want that poison in my spirit. I don't want that to get a hold of my thinking process. We all talk to ourselves and we're not crazy. I'm not good in the computer world and tech savvy. I remember, brother, watching people walk down the sidewalk talking. I mean, they're holding on a regular conversation. That got a suit and tie. That got a little weird. <laughs> I didn't know you could have them Bluetooth in there. <laughs> Whoa, that's what that is. Okay, I was worried about you, fella. <laughs> but we talk to ourselves. But I made up my mind some years ago, I don't talk bad to myself. And I don't talk negative to myself. The Bible said I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. God did not make a mistake when he created you and I. I have to come to the place of acceptance. This is who I am. My hair is turning gray and falling out. Oh, wow. Welcome to life. If I'm in the image of God, I'm in the image of God. This is how you created me. Folks, catch this. I can accept that. Can you accept it in your life? Where God is taking you, what God is doing in your life? My father, Heavenly Father, never made a mistake. He didn't make a mistake with me. He didn't make a mistake with you. So what we have to understand is that that the enemy means it for evil, but God will mean it for good. Now, let's keep reading in this verse. And, And while they saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds. See, when people's trying to do character assassination on you and it doesn't work because you're not going to let it work, you know what I believe opinions are? That's just strictly what they are. That's your opinion. Don't mean it's right, but it's your opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Now, I'm going to get real controversial here, but not on purpose this morning. I was teaching in anger management about two months ago, and a young man walked in, and he didn't have a mask on, and he said, I'm not vaccinated. Uh, I, I don't want to get vaccinated. I said, no problem. Sit down. We'll do class. When I opened the class, I said, you know what we have to realize? In his opinion, he doesn't want vaccinated. And we need to be okay with that because that's his opinion. You can't make people live the way you want them to live. Remember, that's your opinion. 
That's your opinion, whether you say we need to be vaccinated or not. That is an opinion. That's not heaven or hell. That is strictly an opinion. And see, what we do, we'll, we'll say mean and hurtful things to people that is none of our business. None of our business. We need to let God be God. God, if they put their faith in you, they're going to trust you, then so be it. This is how you want it to be, then so be it. But I'm going to honor you. So what's that mean? I'm going to honor your opinion. If this is what you think, then praise God. We're still brothers and sisters. We still love each other. We're moving forward. This is what happens when we get in a place where we can get with God, where we can move forward in the Holy Ghost. So they changed their mind. Why? I didn't let that poison in. I didn't let that destroy me. I didn't think about that day and night. I didn't tell everybody that I, in my circle of people how bad you were, how mean you were, how nasty you were, how hateful you are, and then add a few other things. So the scripture helps me that if I could shake that thing loose today, people will look at you different, and they're going to change their mind about you. I'll tell you why they're going to change their mind. Because you're going to go from battling depression to experiencing joy. You're going to get off this roller coaster of emotions. And you're going to find some stability in your love for God and your walk with God. The devil's a liar. Please understand, every time he opens his mouth, it's a lie. No matter what he goes to say, he's lying to you about whatever he's trying to get you to do. God is truth. What God speaks to you is truth. If he said, if you'll shake that off, I'll heal you this morning, then we need to let God be God this morning. Come on, and it'll change the mind of people because people will see you different. Your countenance will change. You can tell people who got the joy of the Lord. They're smiling and grinning, you know, out changing that flat tire, and they're still smiling. Why? I got a spare. <laughs> and it's got air in it. I don't praise God for the bad times. I praise God because he brings me through the bad times. People say, why are you Pentecostals always praising God for everything? Something goes bad, you praise God. I said, oh, no, you're getting it wrong. I'm praising God because he's going to take me through this. I'm praising God because he's going to get me to the other side. I'm praising God because that financial blessing's going to come. I'm praising God because the healing's going to come. I'm praising God because the deliverance is going to come. So we begin to realize that's why I'm worshiping him in advance before the miracle begins to happen. So we begin to realize God's wanting to do something this morning. Now. I want to show you something. Can we go to verse 7, please? When Paul shook it off, and when people saw that it didn't destroy you, which they maybe have intended it to do, notice what happened. In the same quarters were possessions of, of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Come on, I'm telling somebody, if you'll let God help you and you'll shake that thing off, you don't know the miracles God will use you to do because now my spirit is right with God. I'm not harboring things. I'm not holding things back. But I simply shook it off. Next verse. Then this was done. Others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. You don't know how far reaching your ministry will go into the lives of people. If you could simply let God do something precious this morning in your life. I want you to stand with me. I understand this morning this is a little heavy. But I want us just to simply close our eyes and just kind of begin to worship God and to love him. Father, we love you this morning. Hallelujah. God, we're thankful today for all that you're doing in the work of the kingdom this morning, God. We thank you for every man, every woman, and every child that is here today, God. Lord, you appointed this day and this time and this hour because you're wanting to do miracles, signs, and wonders, God. 
Lord, we sang about it. We've seen it in the Word of God. And we've come to a point right now in the Holy Ghost, Father, that you're wanting to loose healing in this house, that you're wanting to loose the power and presence of God in this house right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Just keep worshiping. Keep worshiping right now. Hallelujah. 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 Ah, today is my day. Today is my day in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Come on. Yes, Lord. Oh, we worship you today, God. We magnify you today, God. We thank you today, Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to keep worshiping, and while we're worshiping, because this is between you and God right now, I want every eye closed in this building right now. This is between you and God. But if something has attached itself to you and God has begun to deal with your heart about this hurt, this pain, this rejection, this damaged emotions, I want you to shake it off right now and let God bring healing into your life. Come on. you got to get involved and engage in the miracle. Shake it off. Come on. Just shake it off in the name of Jesus. Lord, I don't want it anymore. I'm not carrying it anymore, Lord God. But let healing come this morning. Let deliverance come this morning in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, press in. Press in. Keep shaking that thing off. Get it clear off you. Get it clear out of your spirit right now. Come on, get it clear out of your mind right now in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. Come on, shake it off. Shake it off. Get that poison out of your spirit. Come on, get that poison out of your life today. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to address the spirit of nightmares right now. And we're going to pray right now. And we're going to bind those spirits and cast out that torment. Will you pray with me? Not maybe everybody in here deals with nightmares. But somebody deals with nightmares in here. God sees it. He loves you. And he's wanting to deliver that out of your life. That you are not tormented with that anymore. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. There are those that are bruised and broken and hurt very, very deeply, Lord God. In fact, Father, they thought there was no hope that it would be this way the rest of their life. But I pray right now in the name of Jesus, right now in the name of Jesus, we cast those nightmares out, God. We cast that torment out right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, shake it off. Shake it off. I don't want those nightmares anymore. I don't want that in my life anymore, God. I want to dream of the things of God and peace and joy in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name Oh, Lord, we take authority right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Authority over those spirits. Authority over that torment today, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Would you just thank the Lord for that right now? Would you just thank him for taking that? Thank him for ridding you of that, that you're not going to be tormented with that anymore. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I'm going to open this altar. If you've not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you would like to, we want you to come up. 
And if you just begin to worship him, it's not about us. It's you and him. You worship him and just begin to love him out of all of your heart and soul and spirit. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost today. If you're here today and you just want to spend some time with God up here because of what he's doing in your life, I want to give you that chance. We can't just dismiss because we're going to leave people with open wounds. We can't let that happen. We've got to let the full healing virtue of God. I just was not wanting to embarrass anybody. But to be respectful to what you've been through and had to live through. But I want to open this altar and give you a chance to come and thank him and love him this morning. Because he's such a good God. He's such an awesome God to see where you were at and say, I'm not going to leave you there, but I'm going to bring you out of that. I'm going to help you today. It's going to be different from today. You go home and mark this day on your calendar. This is the day that the Lord brought freedom in my life. This is the day that everything changed for me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I see shattered, but you see whole. I see broken, you see beautiful. And you're helping me to believe that you're restoring me piece by piece there's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy you washed me in mercy oh I am clean there's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy you washed me in mercy, I am clean. What was dead now, it lives again. My heart's beating, beating inside my chest. Oh, I'm coming alive with joy and destiny, oh, because you're restoring me piece by piece. There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. You washed me in mercy, oh, I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. You washed me in mercy. Oh, I am clean. And washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Because there's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. Oh, you washed me in mercy. And I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy you washed me in mercy i am clean
Washed in the blood of your sacrifice, your blood flowed red and made me white, and my dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Oh, we say, washed in the blood of your sacrifice, your blood flowed red and made me white, and my dirty rags are purified. I am clean. What was dead now, oh, it lives again. My heart's beating, beating inside my chest. Oh, I'm coming alive with joy and destiny. Because you're restoring me. Piece by piece, there's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You washed me in mercy, I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. You washed me in mercy, I am clean. I see shattered, but you see whole. I see broken, but you see beautiful. And you're helping me to believe that you're restoring me piece by piece there's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy you washed me in mercy i am clean there's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy oh you washed me in mercy i am clean washed in the blood of your sacrifice your blood flowed red and made me white my dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white. And my dirty rags are purified. I am clean.
What was dead now lives again. My heart's beating, beating inside my chest. Oh, I'm coming alive with joy and destiny. Because you're restoring me piece by piece. There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. You washed me in mercy. I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You washed me in mercy. I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice, your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice, your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Because there's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You washed me in mercy. I am clean. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, I'm so thankful today. You know, I weep today and I cry today because I know what God's done in my life. I was addicted to heroin for 25 years. I was empty. I was broken. I felt like no one wanted me and no one loved me. I don't feel that today. I weep today because of joy. I weep today because of deliverance. He's freed me today. He's freed me today, and he can free you today. I'm thankful for what he's doing. If you haven't seen what you want to see yet, stay in the race. I've waited almost six years to see my son here. Six years. I destroyed those relationships. I did that. I made those choices. I'm able to spend time here with my family. If you're waiting for someone to come, keep waiting. Keep being committed. Keep trusting. Keep believing in faith. Keep believing in faith. Let's lift our hands today. God, I worship you today because I know you as a healer. I know you as my source today. I'm praying, God, today and believing in faith, God, that they would take what they received today and they would allow it to take root, God, that they would shake off anything that wishes to distract or hinder their life today, that they've left it here on this altar of sacrifice. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray that your day be blessed today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Have a beautiful Sunday. God bless you. Thank you for being here. If you're a guest, we welcome you. I'm thankful that you were here. Greet, greet each other.